An eagle indeed has landed. What a day it's been. Wow. There's been news and news. It's, oh, it's been exciting. It did feel like a very significant day. I think so. When you go from last week with the Barrick indictment, the Tom Barrick indictment, and now into now with the stuff that's being revealed today, not just the things Trump said, but also that his taxes are now going to the Ways and Means Committee. Right. There's a lot of, a lot a lot of moving parts right now. And the parts that are moving are not going to be helpful to Mr. Trump. LB, what are you thinking about how significant today is without getting into any of the details yet? Rank it for me on a scale of one to 10. Um, I'm going to go six because I, just because we've been at negative 25 <laughs> and so, scale. Uh, yeah, so I think we're getting there. Okay. We're getting there. It was uh, indeed Donald and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. No good came out of this for Donald Trump today at all, because there were three bad things that happened to him today all in one go. It's not the kind of day he ever expected would happen. The first thing that came out, of course, was the bombshell notes from the Department of Justice. They'd been taking notes while he was ordering them, directing them to declare the 2020 elections corrupt, which is, you know, more than ample eyewitness contemporaneous notes um, of what happened during that period of time. We all suspected this was happening. But now we have proof of that happening. The second thing, Greg, you've just mentioned is that the Department of Justice has instructed the Treasury to hand over Trump's tax returns to the House Ways and Means Committee. So that's big news because they've been wanting that for a while. And the third thing that happened, it doesn't even qualify for news anymore, is that they already, Arizona fraud has basically collapsed because it was just a joke anyhow. And uh, Twitter has banned a lot of the accounts associated with that. So a big, bad day for, for Donald Trump. But the thing that struck me was this one sentence that I think is just gold. Just say that the election was corrupt and leave the rest me and the R congressmen. Boy, that sure does sound like a conspiracy, doesn't it? Yes, sir, it does. <laughs> it does. It, lo it, looks, it looks like a conspiracy, walks like a conspiracy, must be a conspiracy. Now, who are the R Republicans? We know two of them. There's one congressman, Jim Jordan who's been waiting for his time in jail, for sure, for a long time. And Mr. Johnson, Senator Johnson, who also has been waiting for his time in jail, come to think of it. So the two of them, they're named in these, in these little notes, along with the other unnamed representatives, a Pennsylvania representative and presumably other Republicans who we could probably name. I'd add to this list if I could. I'd probably guess that this guy's going to be on that list, right? Ah. Don't you think he's going to be on that list? I suspect. <laughs> and then the usual lot of... Uh, these dudes, they're likely to land up on that conspiracy docket if it ever shows up. And I'll stop there because I could keep going. But that's, it's, this is an indication to me of a pretty wide-ranging conspiracy. This is, now you've got the president announcing his motive to the Department of Justice and then ordering them, directing them to do this, to do this incredibly illegal thing and basically make up evidence, which wasn't there because they kept repeating to him that it wasn't there. And he insists it is, and he insists that he and his Republican henchmen, his mob, can basically go and fix this, which is insane. Of course, they can't. But the fact that he thought see, they could, and he said it out loud, and there are notes taken by um, the deputy attorney general. I have a question, yeah. uh, because I, I only got to see this very cursory, I grabbed the headlines. But is there a date in there of when he said that? Just call it correct. Is there an actual date they give? Well, we're talking in December. Right. Remember when Flynn and Sidney Powell came into the That was a White December House. 18th, I think, right? Was it? Right. And they were like, this is how you declare martial law. This is how you... they were literally telling him, 
A, B, C, D, E, F, G. God only knows where they got A through C from. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they got those instructions from other Americans or came up with it themselves, quite frankly. Patrick right. Byrne was there too. Patrick, Patrick Byrne is everywhere. Yeah. And Mike Flynn and Cindy Powell have, they've got a lot of connections into other nation states. <laughs> <and their ability. laughs> so to speak. And, and so I'm also wondering, I just don't see those two clowns as individuals who could craft a conspiracy plan, but they certainly were there to message one, weren't they? He was getting instructions for, he didn't come up with this himself. And Donald Trump is not the, oh. he's not a genius, right? We know that. So he, not right. that this was a very genius plan, but he, someone gave him instructions. It's December 27th, by the way, right. everyone's saying on the comments. Thank you. Everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Two days after Christmas. Okay. So first we have the meeting. He gets the low down. That just sounds crazy to everyone, but he's getting the lowdown from at least one individual that we know is a, an agent of a foreign power as, and has lied to the FBI about that. At least one that was for Turkey, his work for Turkey. And then of course we know about Mike Flynn and Putin. So, so at least one person in that room giving Donald the lowdown and that crazy meeting of, this is how it's going to go down. This is what you do. We do do this and declare martial law on it. And so Someone's put together a plan for him, and he's now articulating a few days later, what's his plan? This is his plan. We're going to go ahead and have an insurrectionist event and just declare it corrupt. I'll take care of the rest. And the Republican congressman will do their job in terms of delaying the certification. Everything was about delaying the certification. Okay, so then he gets to do martial law. That's what Flynn was in there saying. So then what? Well, you was, get in there. How do you get Congress to delay certification? They're not just going to go, you know what? We're not going to, we're, we're going to delay certification. Clearly they were not going to do that. Clearly Mike Pence was going to do that. So what was, was the, the Supreme Court, of this plan, the Supreme Court, no, 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 I'm talking about on January 6th, they would have to have had to, some sort of, inter, of intervention, right? They would have how, some, how would they stop it? He held back the National Guard, right? Yeah. They needed that window of time. What was supposed to happen to stop it? The military would at some point would have been called in to quell the violence, right? Why was the military okay to be called in to quell the violence? That the Antifa, Antifa yeah, started. Then they, whatever still started. Certified. then they still would have certified. Or, or unless it was really violent. We, unless it was the kind of event that would not be the kind of event you could actually. So people could, being people being killed? Potentially, I would think that potentially was in the cards. To a significant number that that would stop certification. I mean, what were they planning to do? If there was any kidnapping or hostage taking of any of the Congress. Kidnapping. Interesting. I've heard that before, right? Hostage taking. Yes, we have. That was the Michigan Michigan State House. It was their plan, which was basically a flag. So, by the way, hang on, let me finish this. Go ahead, go ahead. Hostages. If they take hostages mm. and that's part of the plan, who was going to be the negotiator from the inside? Mm. I don't know. I think this is where journalists, I think this is where journalists need to. There's certainly a ton of missing information. We're going to find out. The one piece of information is that Barr was obviously aware of this in order to not want to stay attorney general during this period of time. Yeah. So he was aware of the plan, which means you've got another person aware of the plan ahead of time, significantly ahead of time. Um, Exactly. Let me tell you something. I have studied a lot of kidnappings Mm -hmm. (laughs) and a lot of hostage situations. 
Because you wouldn't believe how much organized crime is involved in that stuff. Okay. And all the way back from the Lindbergh stuff, it's very, and the Sinatra, baby, it is, there's always a negotiator on the inside. Pre, pre-organized. Always. Organized before the... Pre-organized. Designated actor to come out and play that role. Interesting. And I'm not trying to weave a conspiracy. I'm just saying I've never not seen it. And so I would recommend for journalists that if there was this plan, I do not believe that the plan was incomplete. I think that they didn't succeed in their plan. But if you're going to go to the lengths of removing people, shuffling things around, right, in terms of making sure that you can hold back the National Guard until you're ready, if you're going to... If they're going to put people in different positions, if they're that clear in what their plan and what their actions are, and in fact, in that plan, there was something about taking hostages, because I don't know how you stop them otherwise. So what? Besieging the Capitol. We're going to go ahead and certify, just like what happened. Remember, those handcuffs guy was there with with those uh, handcuffs. So they must have had someone was thinking about taking hostages. Something was swirling around about taking so if that reporting is accurate, and I strongly encourage journalists to go in and keep going on that reporting, I think then the next shoe to drop is, well, who was part of that side of the plan? Mm-hmm. It was inside. And I, I, who was going to be the inside man or woman? Bobert uh, company, no, you know. Doing the hostage negotiation. There, there's just no way that that role wasn't picked out. I'm sorry. Well, we know who the main, we know who the bigs and what's the other guy's name? Brooks. Yeah, Brooks. Well, certainly he was part of that. Uh, Obert was obviously giving instructions for inside. The, the dentist, the Paul Gozar or whatever. Because you're the weird guy. Yes, Paul Gozar. You've oh, yeah. got senators. You've got senators who seem to know this bumpy. Wait, I got a nice graphic for this. So I might as well throw it up because these two hacking your back. Grant Wall has been the guy delivering messages for Putin. He's literally been Putin's messenger boy. Yeah. Uh, what about this Ginny uh, Thomas, who was involved in the whole thing? Remember, she was involved in the whole day, involved in bringing people was, over. That would be interesting to see what she, happened. Her. She brought people there. She arranged transportation to make sure that there was a big enough crowd and that there were this sort of storyline could be played out. Uh, and these two, which are not high profile, but they are high profile, but they haven't been high profile in the story so far, were also involved in bringing a lot of people there. Charlie Kirk from Turning Point and Rolf Reed were involved in the organization of all of this. So now you're starting to look at something very legal involving all these people with so much money and so much power in the right wing um, of American politics. It gets very dirty very quickly out of this um, when you start looking at all these people that are involved. And of course, we can't forget Ali Alexander and Ed Martin, okay. Judicial Crisis Network. They were all involved that day. Oh, all those people were there. They all had their little role to play. Lisa Nelson from Alec brings in the Coke Network. We're looking at a group of people that were heavily involved in making sure that day happened. And back when we had Ann Nelson on the show, this is the this is her work and and my graphic on how the all these people contributed to that day. And all these people are involved in, in aspects of Jan 6. So if the president was trying to, wasn't trying, it appears to have been orchestrating a coup where he would stay in power and annul an election, it will now pull in all of these people who are obviously part of the plan. It's quite a, Although, it's quite a thing. From a conspiracy standpoint, if they're smart, those people that are just bringing the groups to the place probably don't know what their real plan was. Yes. You have so many people knowing the exact extent of what they were trying to do. It was the worst kept secret, right? We all knew. We so, knew something was going to happen. We knew something was going to happen, but... There's a, something well, that us, we're going to stop this deal. They make t-shirts. We're going to overthrow the government. It's the new civil war. 
There's different ways. I know know what you're saying, Greg. I'm just saying uh, there was something going, there was a strain of what was in the public and front-facing where these individuals didn't think there was anything wrong with what they were doing. They really didn't. And and so why not talk about it? Well, number one. Number two, they've learned that lesson that Donald Trump also brought in a big lesson for everybody of, and this is an old tactic as well. It's a tactic for enemies. It's a tactic of organized crime. Just do shit in the ad. And he certainly got away with it. Now he's got all this evidence against him. They must be freaking out in the, in these extreme far right circles in America right now, because the law has never come anywhere near them. And the law looks like it's coming pretty close to every single member of the CNP right now. It's not, they were clearly involved in the major orchestration of that event. And so are the Koch brothers and also the Koch industries, because they were sponsoring so much of the, so much of these senators and these congressmen who were, you know, voting to stop the steal. They were all paid for by the Koch um, brothers foundation. So you've got all sorts of money flowing in and out of there. That's going to, this is a hello ground in America that has never, ever been challenged by you know, this kind of law and order. It'll be really interesting to see what happens. It goes back to the interview, LB, that you did with uh, Ruth Ben-Giat, which I was listening to today. And she's the author of the book called Strongman and is the expert on strongmen. And she's saying one, one hallmark of the strongman is that they just do illegal shit and they always get away with it. And part of that is normalizing crime, normalizing things that, that shouldn't be done out in the open. And that was the, we saw the culmination of that on January 6th, right? With these people, just as you said, they're proudly displaying what their sort of intentions were. So my point isn't that those people didn't go there knowing they were going to try to stop the steal. My point is, I don't think they knew exactly how they were going to stop the steal. If, if there was yeah, plan to kidnap and this and that, I think that's a more tightly held. That's a more tightly held thing. Yes, it definitely was just a raw, raw, this is our WWE patriotism events, right? Uh, it, it was a show, right? They were, and they, and they got to be part of the show. The rally went um, to the next level where they got to act out. They dressed up for their cosplay, but a lot of those, and then, and that was very helpful to the people who were actually, the actual soldiers sort of blending in, going through with their earpieces and their stuff. Different people were doing different things. There are still a lot of people who think it was just a dress rehearsal because the big boys, like the real militia guys and the big Blackwater people that were defending the VIPs and these um, First Amendment Praetorian guys, they didn't go in. They all stayed on the outskirts. They were waiting. They sent in the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys and the sort of B-grade guys to do the initial breach. So some people still believe that this was just a test. It's still a test that went horribly badly. Maybe that's what they were trying to do. Maybe they were trying to see how successful they could be while keeping back from being particularly involved. I'm talking about the main militia people. Or maybe they were hoping that, yeah, they were waiting for some Ashley Babbitts to actually break through further than they got. Right. And then again, even encounter a congressperson or a senator, because remember that one of the key points that came out of the hearing earlier this week, and I can't believe it was just this week that we had that hearing, where they said that there was, they didn't get to any congressmen or any senators. Ultimately, Every single person that was meant to be kept safe in that environment was kept safe. And that is a remarkable thing considering yes, what's happened. And so the Capitol Police did what they needed to do, Thank did their job right. remarkably. We don't know what would have happened had they encountered a, a Mitt Romney, which they were seconds away from seeing, or a Nancy Pelosi, whose office they were uh, ransacking. We just don't know. 
what would have happened or an AOC or someone like that. It could have been. Oh my God. I just go there in my mind. Really what would have happened. So there, there's a couple of things that still aren't answered that I hope we're going to get to from these arrests and the prosecution. So remember the night, sorry, everybody, I don't remember the names of the folks that were, have already been um, brought up on charges and what we learned in the documents, either indicting them or in their charging documents. So remember, we had one person who in their comms, there was an instruction, we don't know from who, that said, uh, that knew about the tunnels, everyone's in the tunnels, said, block them in the tunnels, turn on the gas. Mm. It was a plan. They had brought gas. And they brought things. We had even those officers testifying this week of, I couldn't have my wife hug me because I was covered in these chemicals. And as soon as I took a shower, the chemicals ignited again. So right. they, they brought chemicals in with them. One, two. So that, 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 that's the first thing. And they had a plan about the tunnels. And secondly, how did they even know where the tunnels were and what they were doing? They had plans. And plans were online and being shared in these forums ahead of time. They had the plans for the grounds. And they did do those tours. We had a couple of these folks gave tours ahead of time. And we haven't heard anything about that. And the third thing, and this is being put out by the congresswoman herself, I just don't know. I'm not questioning that she's telling something that's untrue. I'm just saying, I don't know that it's related. And I would love to know more about this. But remember... I can't remember who it was now, but say somebody dismantled the, and I think it was one of the, what the, what the right calls the squad, right? The radical. Presley. It was the, the, Presley. the panic okay, button. So, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Those panic buttons were dismantled and we don't have any, we don't have any word. I don't even know if there's an investigation. God only knows if they're investigating. I don't know. They might um, be investigating so, aspect, but that's a very good point. That's like the tunnels they is, were, the tunnel is a big thing. The tunnels is really interesting. There was something in the tunnels. And whenever you look at all these transcripts and all these indictments, there was, a, there was some, they, were, they needed to get to the tunnels somehow. And I don't really understand what and why. They knew that they were going to get them in the tunnels. They, if they're fleeing, we'll get them in the tunnels and that's where we can trap them. And then I keep going to this, you guys. And then what? Tunnels also lead you to and the subway, what? I think, as well down there. If I'm not mistaken. When you go down to the tunnels, you get to that center's subway. So they could have moved people out of the of that building into other buildings, dispersed people. They could have done any number of things. After you you, it's you a good question. A traffic, yeah, you don't have a plan for trapping people in the tunnels and turning on the gas without a next step after that. Yeah, no, but that's, those are their quotes. That's not my quotes. That's the quotes out of the cops. Mm. If you don't have that plan in place yeah, without right. having it being part of some next step. Yeah, yeah. There's also the bombs that, that didn't explode, right? Right. That got planted on the same, you know, for more. So, so there's lots of, there's lots of things that didn't happen and uh, yeah. it's all very harrowing, but can we take a step back for a second? Because mm -hmm. I feel like we spent the last four and a half years talking about all the Trump Russia stuff and we were pretty early on that. And now everybody's slowly waking up to the fact that yes, the guy has been like a KGB recruited by the KGB for fucking decades. And of course, Paul Manafort is working with the Russian intelligence operative and tra-la-la. And there's a thousand fucking dating data points about how Trump and his people are basically owned by Putin and his people in, in the extended circle. So we've spent the last four years sort of trying to tell this story about what actually happened. And now everyone's sort of begrudgingly admitted that's what happened. So now I feel like we're, this is like the next thing, like the, the, oh, it's just, it's tourists. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's no, it's a fucking besieging 
of the Capitol by a bunch of traitors in its worst attack on democracy since Booth shot Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know what happened to the people that helped Booth shoot Lincoln and helped him get away? Google it. There's a fantastic image about what happens to traitors in this country. And these people that besieged this and were part of this are no fucking different and deserve no more mercy than any of them. When they find the leaders, that's it. They get Mo for good. Lock them in a hole. We don't ever want to hear from them again. This is, I, I feel like there's this weird, and again, this comes out in the interview, LB, that you did. There's this normalization of all this stuff. It's the, like, it's, it was such a shock to the system because it's such an unusual thing to happen here. It's never happened here. Nothing like this has ever happened here before, ever, right? Again, going back to the Civil War, yeah. none of us were alive for that. So this is a, an unprecedented in our lifetime of anyone alive's event. And I think people really had a hard time wrapping their brain around what was happening and the extent of the danger and all of it. And now everyone's so eager to turn the page that it's hard to focus. And I'm really grateful that this commission has come out this week and started this week. I'm grateful that Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger are on the commission, like serious Republicans who are actually of the party and not. That's one of the problems is that the press can't accept. And I think it, it's like when Russia infiltrated, the NRA went from being just a, this, we give lessons to make sure people shoot safe. It's basically terrorist organization for the bad guys. And because it was still called the NRA, people have a really hard time wrapping their heads around that. The Republican Party, the same exact fucking thing has happened. It has been subverted by bad guys, by despotic foreign actors and really bad people. It is, it's no bearing on the party of Lincoln or the party of Eisenhower or even as much as it pains me to admit it, the party of Reagan. These are flat out tyrants. So to call them the Republican party is it's silly. It's like when it's like calling it the Holy Roman empire, when it's no longer in Rome or Holy or the whole, it's taking the branding of this thing and trust washing it through the brand. And something that the media really needs to do is push that and basically don't call them that anymore. That's not what they are. Whatever I see a report that says the Republican party thinks that, but no, it's the Trumpists that think that they well, call they, themselves Republicans and that's not what they are. They're terrified, obviously. And they're not putting up such a ridiculous front just because they want to be ridiculous. They're putting up a ridiculous front because their lives and careers and dreams are all on the line here. And most of these people will not be able to run for office again. There's not a chance. Most, many of them might land up in jail. There's a huge, huge, there's a lot of culpability in what they did. And they recognize that's why they don't want to commission that. They don't want to listen to the Capitol policemen telling their story and they don't want to participate in any of the investigations because they know what they did and they know how culpable they are. And they knew that, maybe didn't know that on the first day, but they certainly that sank in in the second and third day when they suddenly began to change their tune. And you look at Kevin McCarthy now, that man is terrified. His whole life has been built on basically sucking up to whomever and getting as much money as he can from the lobbyists. And that dream is disappearing quickly. There's not a chance that... No, he's done. That little fucker is done. Yeah. Okay. He's not running for shit. He thinks he's going to be speaker. He's going to be speaker of cell block D. And he, even then they probably... He, was, he like, made a phone call. He made a phone call that day. What did he say to the president at the time? What did he say to Donald Trump? I know this is my tagline and stuff, but the traitors are so easy to spot and they've <laughs> never been easier to spot than this week. Okay. Right. Cause they are doing sideshows. Literally they're doing sideshows to distract everybody from what's going on. So if there is a Republican quote unquote politician who is doing a sideshow, whether in person 
or on Twitter or anything else right now to distract from what's happening. That person is a traitor and they're complicit. It's that simple. So Elise Stefanik going on and yak. We know everybody knows that she's wrong. It doesn't matter. She's only doing that to get the fucking clicks and get everybody to throw shade at her to distract from the actual shit. So just stop it. Just right. don't put her on TV. Don't put Ted Cruz's moron on TV. None of these people matter. They're just there to distract and deflect. They're like Leslie Nielsen and the Naked Gun. Just uh, nothing to see here. Please disperse. That's they really what they're are. there for. They're clowns. They're clowns. It's, it's a side show. Yes, exactly. It's a long, it's long clown car. <laughs> One after another, they're trying to distract everybody. Popping out of there. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Zev for Narrative. Tonight's show is brought to you by Helix Sleep. Do you ever feel more tired when you wake up and when you went to bed? I used to spend the whole day feeling exhausted and then I tossed and turned all night. When it was time for bed, I just couldn't fall asleep. After taking a sleep quiz recently, I realized my mattress was the primary cause of my sleep problems. Helix Sleep knows that you are a unique individual. With their sleep quiz, you can find the perfect mattress based on your body type and sleep preferences in just two minutes. Helix offers soft, medium, and firm mattresses, mattresses that cool you down if you sleep hot, and even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. As a back sleeper who wanted a medium, firm mattress, my quiz matched me up with the Helix Dusk Luxe. My new mattress is far more comfortable than what I used to have. It's soft, and it's still supportive. And the whole day feeling exhausted, and then I tossed and turned all night. When it was time for bed, I just couldn't fall asleep. After taking a sleep quiz recently, I realized my mattress was the primary cause of my sleep problems. My quiz matched me up with the Helix Dusk Luxe. My new mattress is far more comfortable than what I used to have. It's soft and it's still supportive. And now I'm falling asleep right away and sleeping well throughout the night. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and by Wired Magazine. That's great awards for them. They have a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. So if you're looking for a good night's sleep, just take the quiz, order the mattress you're matched to. It comes right to your door in a box, pops out. And it's shipped for free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash narrative. That's helixsleep.com slash narrative, N-A-R-A-T-I-V, for up to $200 off and two free pillows. I actually need to buy a mattress. Yes. So let, let them I'll know hook you up with I... the Helix people. Yes. Um, yeah, let them know. I'm not just saying this to extend the ad. I'm going to do it. It's actually really got, uh, they're really good mattresses, I will say. I, I wouldn't otherwise okay. say what I've been saying about them, but they really are good mattresses. And they, they do what they say they will. Taking them, putting them out is complicated a little bit because they're unwieldy. It's probably a two-person job, but you know, well, you can do it. It's not that hard, but they, quality is there. <laughs> Get a teenager, exactly. It's our holiday edition. It's our final edition of the show, sort of. So let's play a game. Let's play a game. Play a game. I should tell people that actually, um, because of all of this, I made us after show mugs and I've not gotten to give them to you because they are still in, in wherever they make them. But I can show you a picture maybe. And then I can also tell people that if you go there for the next 24 hours, code word summer, you get 15% off just for the next 24 okay. hours. Because I think I'm we're going in the rain. should do something now. And a mug. Just a mug. There's also t-shirts. There's all sorts of good things over there. Okay. So the, the code word is summer. Right, because Greg's bringing up my interview with Ruth, which was, it was, she's amazing. I've right? listened to her. Really oh my God, right. she's incredible. But it, it really got to see even these historic, and some of her contemporary, like Berlusconi, like Putin, we know we could see those guys as criminals in chief, right? Like they're, they're mob bosses and Donald, even back to Mussolini, all of the authoritarians, and you have them all over the world, right? The Philippines, you have like all these guys. In Africa, they all 
had to have a personality cult. The personality cult is required for the criminality. They know they're criminals coming in, you see. They're gangsters coming in. And to get away with the crimes, to just sort of take all, strip down all the guardrails, that require, and for all of them, it requires a personality cult. It just mm. does. That's like the first thing. What do you mean by that? But you, just, that people are just obviously following them like a, for. Correct. That, yeah, okay. that you have to brainwash a, a certain percentage of the mass, masses to identify themselves with you, like a cult leader, literally like a cult. You have to, you have to be, the strong man has to become the everyman. Right. They're always the everyman. They're always like relate to everybody as if I'm just the guy next door. I'm just like you. So Mm -hmm. it creates this mind meld with this identity meld with people. Right. And then they have to be Superman. Right. They have to be able to shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. And because they have to be above the law, they have to be beyond the law. They, They have to be godlike. So to run that racket in the United States where we have where our whole nations, we're the first nation that's really just built on laws. We're a constitutional nation. That's it. We, that was the idea. We had a constitution. These are a set of laws. We're all going to agree with society. There's no monarchy. There's no, it's not, it's not any other form of government that has existed before us. There's democracies, but this was, we were unique in this way. So, and we had built up all of our strength around that, around law enforcement, around the FBI around national security and law enforcement abroad. So that's what made it becoming the greatest military power. It was all coming out of one sort of vein of us being able to protect ourselves from foreign and domestic enemies, right? So to topple that, the personality cult needed to go to the next place. You, You need to destroy us from within to set us against one another. There was no outside other. They tried with immigration and the kids at the border. But really it was about creating the frictions and leaning into the frictions within our democracy and having us destroy one another, right? Whether it's, we're not going to get vaccinated, whatever it is. That's it. You go from a, you sort of graduated from a personality cult because it still is that, to a death cult. So this cult. I'm willing to die. Mm-hmm. For this man. Right. Or you're going to die so that he can stay in power. Right. And the I is an American and the you is an American. Mm-hmm. It's the civilian population mm-hmm. locked into a death batch. Right. That's different. You can call the Nazis and stop. Era, right? Of the 20 million that were massacred there. You can call them a death cult in that they were sought death, mass death, and the use of mass death towards their own ascent to power. But where this is different with Donald is that the engagement in who's going to die is even themselves. Hmm. Look at, I'm not going to take a vaccine. Right. Yeah. It's, it's it's so we're up against that. We're up against a, a jihad, and it, it's it's a next level criminal leadership. And in order for it to happen, you need to have a whole criminal party, a whole party that was criminalized, and and yeah, all the things that strong men 
the what? media, the media that's going to brainwash everybody and brainwash everybody for decades. It's unbelievable yeah. how far that has gone. And I stole it yesterday, it's Fox is... Contract with death is yeah. what I was getting to. It's a yeah. contract with death. And so... And it's also this feeling of the, if they're all leading up to an apocalypse, right? They somehow have in there, in every one of these stories, there's always an apocalypse, whether it's the, the Moonies or this Falun Gong or, the, or, or just the evangelical churches in America. They all have a sense that the end is coming and either they have to stop it right. or be ready to jump on board. Meanwhile, they're precipitating the same thing. It's really interesting. Ruth Ben-Giatz talks to you on The World Beneath. And it wasn't a, that was yeah, Thursday. Thursday's episode. Okay. It was we'll last, it was yesterday's episode. Yeah, they should check it. And then Greg had um, Lou the knew. great Lunu on his uh, podcast. And yeah. He talked a lot about uh, so good. and That's a good segue. So good. It's yeah. Because guess really what? Good. We're going to do a little thing about Tom Barrick right now. <laughs> 